0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: We'll make fun of the Clippers all you want. It's just fine. Welcome to Beck Daily presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the Beck Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash Beck on YouTube and follow us on X at Beck Daily. Joining us on the program today, Kelly Ford of the lines.com will share his analysis for a couple of massive college football games, including notably Michigan versus Penn State. And then at 11:20 Eastern Time, Jason Logan has his NFL trends we should keep in mind when placing our Week 10 NFL bets, and that's where we will begin on this Thursday. What a massive line between the Cowboys and the Giants as Dallas they are 16 and a half point favorites against the G Men. And there are lots of reasons for this massive spread, Joe. Is this something where, okay, yes, I know a lot of people are going to disparage the Giants, you know, major media market, all that stuff. But is it possible that the G Men could actually cover this big spread? Is there any possibility that the Giants can somehow pull off the upset here?
2: Uh, two very different questions. Any possibility they can cover the spread? Of course there is. You can say that about any team, any game ever in the NFL. Yes, there's a chance they can cover the spread. Are they going to win this game? No. Uh, typically, when I see numbers like this that are be- way beyond double digits, and I don't even know that 16 and a half, that 17 is enough for this specific matchup, I typically mm. write them off. I am not interested in any sense when it comes to betting ATS. I'm not interested in taking the – The gross dog, I'm not interested in taking the heavy, heavy favorite. However, in this instance, I am, guys. I mean, what we've seen, when we get word that Tommy DeVito is starting again, they're doing it again, I thought they were going to make some sort of a change just for change sake, just because it's not DeVito, but they're not doing that. They won't be able to do anything offensively. What is the number that they have to get to to cover? Let's say it closes 17. Let's say that's the number. What do you have to get to? Is it home at twenty-four? Is that it? Yeah. Like Flooky <laughs> things happen. Uh for this Dallas offense, the way they're rolling <clears> and <throat> against the Giants, uh, yeah, the Giants defense has been better, but okay. They they could only go up. I mean, it does yeah. They sh- I I like the Cowboys. It's weird to say.
3: Yeah, I have thought about it because the total's 38 and a half. The Cowboys might score all. <laughs> 39 points in this yeah, one. I wouldn't be surprised kidding. if they do. Sure. I just don't see any way this Giants team can win or cover here. Only if Dallas completely doesn't show up, right? Like something insane has to happen for the Giants to cover and win here. I mean, they should have their way with Tommy DeVito. I, I mean, I like the under probably unless Dallas does you know, shut him out 40 to nothing. I just don't see how this is going over. Yeah. You
1: you know how it is, Aaron. And we see this time and time again with the Cowboys, where I suspect that midway through the third quarter, all the Cowboys fans are gonna get on X or Instagram and be like, Why is Dak Prescott still in the game? Why is CeeDee Lamb still in the game? Why is Micah Parsons still in the We're gonna hear this? In the third, fourth quarter, minus 10,000 this happens and it's going to be obnoxious. But that's just the way it is. The Cowboys keep their stars out there because that's what uh, the good folks paid for. There have been instances where dogs of 17 points or more have won games outright. 2018, the Bills knocked off the unbeaten Vikings as 17-point underdogs. 1995, the Cowboys lost at home to Washington as 17 and a half-point favorites. So certainly this is possible. Uh, But if Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback, we know how the story ends here. It's just a matter of will the Cowboys cover the number. And at this point, I think the answer is yes. The bigger thing, though, aside from just this one game and this one side that I think we need to talk about is this notion of why offenses are so bad in the NFL and why there are so many unknown quarterbacks who are getting starts on this week 10. The Athletic Mm -hmm. pointed out that we've got so many young quarterbacks, it's almost unprecedented. Ten rookie quarterbacks have started a game this year, the most in a season since 1950. 46 quarterbacks have started a game this year, 14 of whom didn't start the season as their team's starters, so a lack of consistency matters. And then this year's Week 1 starters were the youngest in league history since 1957. The veterans are being aged out. New ones are coming in. Maybe they're not playing well enough. Maybe they're getting hurt. But all of a sudden, we're getting all of these random unknowns, and it's causing a bad product to occur on the field, Joe.
2: Yeah, I mean, the re- re- the reasoning is across the board. Sometimes it's injury. Sometimes it's just god-awful play. And, you know, there are young quarterbacks that they want out there that just aren't staying healthy. And when you have guys that are there, 16, when you look down the season stats in their career, and it's, you know, how ironic that Kirk Cousins is out after the big numbers that he put up. Because every year he was 16 games, 16 games, 16 games. And that's how it is until until you aren't. Like early in Stafford's career, here's a guy that, oh, he's injury prone. But then he goes along long stretch without getting hurt and now we're at the tail end and he's getting hurt again and again and again I you know the biggest positive for golf is probably his availability his availability there every Sunday like when you get something like that when you get an Eli Manning that's there every game like that that is huge and and that's a big deal when it comes to your team winning
3: Yeah, uh, sorry, I missed it. Are you guys talking about the Texans and all the injuries? I, I missed
2: it. I don't know. I hear a lot of beeping. I don't know what's going
3: on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? <laughs> Is something Anybody exploding? know where that's coming from? Like, I don't know what's going
2: <laughs> Yeah. I had no idea, idea that's which, which house it's coming from. I don't think it's mine. Yeah,
1: right? Like, yeah, we're all going to disperse during the break, figure out what's going on here. Uh, yeah, but that's just it, though. I mean, you're right. Like, th- this this has led to a, to a bad on-field product, and, and something certainly has to change here. And what Whatever is the case, uh, who knows? Uh, but I, I think also, too, I know a lot of Sharps who like to fade rookie quarterbacks. Sometimes that's just the overall strategy. And it's hard when now they're going up against each other, uh, often in primetime situations or uh, in high leverage spots. And so you got to you know, be a little bit more creative as far as how, how to attack that. But definitely this is a big deal where it's been a challenge, uh, you know, trying to find consistent quarterback play and how this gets fixed. Certainly this is the confluence of, of a lot of different factors. Uh, offensive line play is also a really big deal. Uh, something we talked about during the preseason where there just aren't enough good offensive linemen to go around and the lack of protection uh, is certainly causing some problems. But, But overall, we look at this and say, what are we to do about it? Like, what are the possible solutions? And it's not just the NFL's responsibility. In some sense, it's college coaches. It's everyone on the lower levels to make sure that once a quarterback uh, rises up the ranks, that they are at least somewhat prepared for facing an NFL defense.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers, that was a fluky injury to start the season. Jimmy Garoppolo stunk. Uh, Fields, it was a thumb injury. He's almost back. He's probably going to be back next week. Tannehill at this stage in his career, it was an injury. Um, what What else we got? Watson, that was an injury. I don't know that you can prepare for this. It's just it's football, and the, the league is trying to do all they can. They're making it – it's just at a ridiculous level, the way that they're calling some of the roughing calls, which aren't roughing in any sense – but, um, yeah, I mean, two two Giants injuries. You can't prepare for that. What do you do? Go down to QB3 in any team. It's going to be a disaster. They're probably going to be a 17-point underdog at the Cowboys this weekend. You know, no matter no matter which mm-hmm. team it is when you get down that far. the The Cousins injury. This year, it's been about injuries. And you go yeah. to any era. I don't care. You know, a few years ago, when these totals are in the in the 50s on a regular basis, you go to any era, when you go to QB2, QB3, it's going to be bad. There aren't 32 quarterbacks in the world. Not 32 quality quarterbacks. So there certainly aren't 50. And, and look how many have played this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially in an era where the defenses are naturally having an up year to begin with. Like, yeah. even if all of the starters were, were available and healthy they would still have problems because defenses are naturally improving. And you look at the drafts over the last couple of years, you know, they've been defense heavy. So that's also mm-hmm. been a factor. And now you're throwing in all these young guys having to face sophisticated defenses. or taking away deep balls, all of that stuff. Like it is a recipe for disaster. And that's why we have the situation we are in right now. And speaking of uh, when we're talking about the lack of uh, quality quarterback play, Uh, It looks like that we aren't going to see Justin Fields tonight for the Chicago Bears, but Matt Mm -hmm. Eberflus couldn't keep his own story straight. So, of course, we will discuss this at 920 and figure out what in the (laughs) world we're supposed to do with Thursday Night Football. In the meantime, let's talk a little NBA here. The Dogs are barking. They lead 9-4-1 against the spread last night. The Nuggets beat the Warriors 108-105, to uh, two teams that could very well meet up in the Western Conference Finals. Klay Thompson doesn't get a tying three-pointer off in time. Jamal Murray likely out for the rest of the month. Uh, but, boy, they are running it back in Denver, Joe.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are. There are there, there's a lot of notable things that we had from last night. I know a lot of people are paying attention to the seventy Sixers and the Celtics, a couple of teams right there at the very top. The Sixers team, they've kind of been ignored. And what happens? Uh they win as a as a short underdog uh last night. So that was pretty interesting. Um it took over, we we were talking about the idea that man i don't care what the injuries are should should the suns be underdogs at the bulls that one goes to overtime last night and it, if you played the total it goes over because of overtime like how many times have thanks, you lost one of, one of those but yeah thanks you, joe oh you were on that i forgot about that sorry man yeah
1: it was one of my lightning bets taking the under i, I looked great for a lot of the second half and then of course uh, yeah Demar DeRozan I mean, what he did. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: Well, I mean yeah. look. The the Bulls made 42% of their threes and they still end up losing yeah. the game and the under was looking like it was going to cash. I mean that they're trying to get them to take more threes, take more threes. If they take more threes, they probably win
3: that game last night. I was totally wrong about the Celtics too. They end up losing sixers when I yeah. my handicapping was off there and then Jamal Murray we find out he's going to be out about a month. so the is out here one for eight from three. he's taking a bunch of threes. he's not passing the ball, so the triple double doesn't hit either rough night for me.
1: Yeah, rough rough night in general. Right. Uh yeah. interesting though. Uh 76ers hang on to beat the Celtics uh 106, 103. Philly tried to blow a double-digit lead at the end of that ball game. I, uh, you know, it's fascinating when we look at the seas. Uh certainly uh the favorite, you know, that and Milwaukee, I mean, certainly maybe co-favorites uh, at this point, and we're sort of mentally thinking about how the Eastern Conference will play out. But the 76ers are off to a strong start here. And I wonder how much of that is just the coaching change, maybe getting rid of the headaches, and maybe the offense flowing a little bit more cleanly to where you're not having to play as much iso ball as perhaps you did a season ago.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that's going to be interesting. What happens to the futures market there? I mean, it's early November. At what point do you, do you start to adjust? Do we want to put them... In the top three of the Eastern Conference, because uh, for obvious reason there's so much steam. Uh, the top two favorites are above them, obviously, with the Celtics and the Bucks, and then you get to the Western Conference: team Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers. Before we get to the Sixers. There's still a 23 out there, and, you know, those markets are moving. There's one book that decided to move the Sixers all the way down to 17 after their start, and the majority are in that 22-23 range. That's where BetMGM is hanging. I think the majority are going to end up moving sub-20 soon.
3: Yeah, I was thinking this morning, the Sixers probably are for real, right? Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, what does this say about Doc Rivers? uh and and sort of the overall coaching acumen (laughs) uh where
2: (laughs) we knew that we knew that
1: (laughs) right that's eloquent right yeah but as eloquent as you can put it there but but that's the thing though is that like you you put in say a top five top ten coach who can at least handle that kind of personnel who can you know sort of put Joel Embiid uh in an even better spot than he was already in And you go, wow, suddenly, like, they've got some pieces there. Like, suddenly, like, the offensive playmakers, the ancillary guys, like, they're legit. And other folks are not prepared for this. And so part of this may be the league just hasn't caught up to the new 76ers. But part of it may just be they're playing smarter basketball in general.
2: Yep, yep. Get James Harden the hell up out of here. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm I'm sure that they're saying that that's a big deal over – over in Philly, but yeah, yeah, no, certainly a fantastic start for them, and I, I would put them much closer than what the market is saying at the moment with the top two in the East.
1: Absolutely.
2: This is Beck UL Daily presented by MGM. Coming up next, Thursday night
1: football. Panthers at Bears. We will be waiting for this all day long right here on the Beck Network.
2: But then he went on to say that He's out. Tough. He's so stupid. God, fire him already. He's a new favorite, thankfully, to be the next coach fired Eberflus, even though they're not going to do it in season because the McCaskies have never fired a coach in season. That was, a, that was an amazing back and forth between Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times and Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach, unfortunately. He's an idiot. And by the way, doubtful does not mean 51%. Even I know that. I'm not even in the league. It's supposed, If you do doubtful, you're saying 75% they're not going to play. God, is he a dope. <laughs> Hi.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Make All Daily, presented by BetMGM. At Egros, Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Thursday night football, it's the Panthers at the Bears. Chicago's a 3.5-point favorite with a total of 38.5. And, a half. and uh, what are we doing with the quarterbacks, Joe? How is this going to work? All right.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Fields is not playing. Okay. But the bears are not saying that he's not playing, but they said he's not playing, but on the injury report, they wouldn't say that he's not playing, whatever. When asked about it, he said he's not playing. Okay. So that's what we need to know. And that's why there was a little movement on the side yesterday. Uh Remember when we were talking about this game at around this time yesterday, it was sitting at four and then they said uh Bajan's the guy. So it came down a little bit to three and a half. I wonder what it would have done if Fields was in, but we're not there. They're saying he's close. It's probably going to be next week with a little extra time. If it was a game on Sunday, maybe Fields ends up being out there. I don't know. Uh, Tom Pelissero reporting this morning that Herbert is not expected to play. Herbert got a, a couple, I believe, a full practice in this week, so I found that to be a little surprising. Mm-hmm. They listed him as questionable. Uh, on the Panthers' side, it's important. Um, DJ Shark is doubtful. What does that mean for Thielen? He's he's the only receiver getting all the work here. <laughs> Their defense, Brian Burns is out. Their cornerback CJ Henderson is out. Both safeties questionable, but uh there was a, another report this morning that Von Bell, he's expected to make his return. So, you know, they're going to be down at least a couple starters on defense uh for for Carolina. So, I mean, I guess I guess that's where we start. I don't know. Side so total. Her, here's my, fir- my first reaction just as a better, you know, I, and I'm probably too close to this bear situation, but just as a better, you look at it and I say Tyson Bajan's a three and a half point favorite guys. Like I know the Panther side sucks, but Tyson Bajan is a three and a half point favorite. Should, should Bajan be a three and a half point favorite?
3: Uh, because Bryce Young just looks sad. And we talk yeah. about the whole narrative by getting Bryce Young and what a mistake that was this is just an epic disaster for Frank Reich and company I don't think Tyson Bajan should be a favorite but also this Panthers team is so bad isn't it like I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if the Bears cover the number I think they're they
1: bad. They're running out of warm bodies. Like, what more can you say? Like, and and also, too, we we talked about this yesterday, this idea that maybe the Panthers are in information acquisition mode. Like, it's not that they're tanking per se. It's, okay, we want to know what we have in Bryce Young. We want to know what we have in our other guys so we know where we need to supplement our team. And that is way more important than, say, quote, unquote, winning the football game. For the Bears, yeah. it certainly seems like they're not in information acquisition mode. They are actually trying to win, and maybe they got to roll out Baygent to do so. But definitely, they are a little bit more inspired and motivated, I suppose, to win a game like this. And so, when it comes to those intangibles, definitely I would back the Bears there. My model says this is relatively sharp, and the total is relatively short, uh, you know, sharp. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, you know... that is the perfect word for this game
0: that is the perfect (laughs) word for this game
1: i've been hanging around you guys way too long
2: (laughs) oh my god yes it is it is relatively short this game like paul at the gym (laughs) what is going on
0: That is, yeah, so that's what you say news. when you lose
3: your bet. It was <laughs> relative. <actually> <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. What about Happy Thursday? What about everybody? the total? What are we doing? What about the total? Yeah, total it's a year of year oh, of unders, primetime Under? unders 22 and seven this year. Uh, two terrible quarterbacks right now. We'll see what Bryce Young is years from now, but I, you know whatever. Uh, Baygent, five interceptions, last two games. Do we want to go under 38 and a half? Like Here's what I'm looking at. Like, yeah, um, both defenses are poor. I would say that the Bears are good against the run. They've been good over the last month since everybody got healthy, since their secondary got back. But I'd also add that the, these are not teams that want to run the ball much it was the Saints last week it was you know the Chargers the Raiders the Vikings ever since uh they've gotten their dudes back um the the Bears are good against the run and they do run the ball offensively and it is one thing they can do EPA uh per rush the Bears are top five in the NFL so they're I would say even though the losses are still there the Bears are kind of trending in the right direction. And it's you know the draft pick thing is fascinating it's going to be all over the broadcast about how the bears own the carolina pick and the bears traded out of the one and and bryce young's here but you know when you look at these two guys they're not going to push it down the field at all at all i mean bryce young is dead last in the nfl in yards per attempt look at intended air yards bajin is dead last 6.0 you know second to last Bryce Young at 6.1. <laughs> so I wouldn't even look at the angle and say, oh, these defenses are bad. Maybe it will fly over. It, it's going to be tough. Like, you look know, at quarterback rating. Young is 35, Bajon's, what, 38, EPA per play. Bajon's 36, Young's 37. These guys have been terrible. We were just talking last segment about, you know, how tough it is to find 32 good quarterbacks, and there aren't those in the world. Well, these guys aren't in the top 32, not based on their performance this season. And a couple weeks ago, a lot was made out of, oh, they're going to switch things up, the Panthers, with Thomas Brown's going to be the OC now. I mean, boy, that's desperate. Your brand-new coach is already giving up play-calling duties. That's how bad it's been. And guess what? No difference. There's still a bottom-five offense against bad defenses since Brown's taken over.
1: And one more element yeah. to that, Joe, real fast, is that there the weather situation may be interesting and that there may be gusts of 25 miles per hour, which could affect yeah. both the kicking game and deeper throws. <laughs> deeper throws. Yeah. Like we're going to see those in this game anyway, but still though, the gusty winds may also impact anything that they want to do. And as far as the passing game is concerned, which is already anemic to begin with, not that you needed to add another challenge to this, but yes, like the conditions are such to where we're probably going to see two anemic offenses, Aaron.
3: Yeah. That's what had me thinking on the Panther side, whether it's Hubbard or miles Sanders, both of them, if you look at their rushing and receiving, like maybe they use their racks in more of receiving roles and you look over on rushing, receiving for them. Would would that be an so, angle you would consider?
2: So I don't know if there's anything to this. Adam Chernoff was saying that in the prop world that a lot of sharp bettors, remember he's with right angle sports, a lot of the sharp bettors were, were making a move thinking that they're going to flip roles this week that it's going to go back to mm. Sanders. Cause recently it's been more of Hubbard's backfield where he's been getting more of the work that they're going to switch right. things up. And so uh, the sharp guys are going under on Hubbard props and over on Sanders props, if there's anything to that. But, you know, like I mentioned, the bears rush rush defense is not bad, even though overall their defensive numbers are not good against the run. They've been pr- pretty solid. It's probably going to be a close, close ish game. So I don't think that, uh, either team is going to completely stop running it especially uh in the conditions we're expecting at soldier field tonight. Hmm.
0: Foreman
3: you were 28 that the bears and a half are good yards. Against the run.
2: I'd rather do Foreman mm-hmm. you know okay he's 28 and a half rushing yards at one spot most places have not posted the number yet if it stays in that range I'd love it uh we we mentioned Herbert It sounds like he's not going to play tonight Uh, Roshan Johnson was a guy that early in the season, looked like he was going to get more and more run. And that just hasn't happened of late. I don't know if they're working him back slowly or what it is, but okay. Last week, Herbert was out and Foreman got 60% of the snaps, 60%. So it seems, it seems like the coaching staff is trusting him a little bit more. So Foreman, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, if it's 28 and a half, you know, into the thirties, I don't have a problem. Uh, Bajan, he had 70 rushing yards last week, 70 mm-hmm. on eight rushes. So I, I would think his mindset might be, look, this worked well a week ago. I'm going to stick with it if the opportunity strikes. And I saw 19 and a half for his rushing yards prop. That's not bad. He In his first start, he went over it as well, 24. So he's gone over that number in two of three last week, way over that number. <sighs> And um, so Bajit rushing, I don't think is awful for these two quarterbacks. It's about the same price for an interception. It's minus 140. The most popular bet, I would think. I would think when we get the BetMGM insights, it's it's going to be DJ Moore stuff. Like, that's what people are going to bet tonight. DJ Moore yeah. revenge game. Like, is mm-hmm. anybody into that?
3: I know. It just seems so public-y, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> it just... I don't It is two hashtag. Narrative
3: Foreman, for my liking. This this is crazy how low his rushing prop is. I can't believe it. Like, why is it for so who? low? For, Deontay Foreman that you for recommended uh, over on his rushing yes. 83, 34, 89, 65. You have to go back to week one where he only rushed for 16 yards and his prop is at twenty-eight and a half. Like, what am I missing here? There it just seems it's not even juiced, I'm think- really. It's minus one thirteen.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's no way this is going to be the number when we get closer to the game. Once everybody realizes, mm-hmm. well, a lot of sports books have not even posted this yet. Um, but once- I am
3: loving that prop.
2: <laughs> see, I don't even see it on, on the sports book that did post that twenty eight and a half. I don't even see him listed right now. So I assume there's going to be a big adjustment now that it looks like, Uh, now that it looks like Herbert's not going to play because Pelissero put that out there this morning and they're probably waiting on word as far as that goes. So it'll be higher. It'll probably be, you know, 40s, 50s, somewhere in that range. Uh, We'll have to wait on that. So the more stuff, we remember the last time the Bears were on Thursday night football when they ruined some people's survivor seasons uh, against Washington. You're not bitter. Or DJ Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore had that amazing game. Well, here's what DJ Moore's done since. 51, 54, 55, 44. That's with Beigent. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't go too crazy on on that uh, revenge angle. If you're doing anything, okay, maybe maybe he feeds him in the red zone. Maybe he gets a touchdown. He's plus 230. Cole Comet, two touchdowns last week, if you want to take a look there. Uh, Darnell Mooney in Baygent's three starts has a red zone target in each of those games. He's the only player on the Bears to get a red zone target in every Baygent start. So maybe there's something there. That's almost 5-1 to one for Mooney to, to score a touchdown.
1: You mentioned this idea of Baygent playing hero ball, and this one matters a great deal to me because, yes, the public uh, likes Cole Komet to score that first touchdown at 10-1. to But if the conditions are such to where you can't throw it deep and Baygent gets uncomfortable throwing the ball against that Panthers defense that may be coached well or schemed well, then maybe we need to look at Bajent to score an anytime touchdown at plus 275 or him to score the first one at 18 to one per bet MGM. To me, I think those are better looks than just automatically going to Cole Komet.
2: Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. Mm -hmm.
3: Coming off a two touchdown performance. I mean, gosh, it's hard to know what Komet here.
2: I'm looking yeah. at the alt interceptions with these guys, too. What do you guys think oh, about that The interception <laughs> number? I mean, look, Bryce Young did three last week. Bajan did three, right? Mm-hmm. Each of them had three picks. What a joke. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, it certainly yeah. is, is a possibility,
1: for sure. Yeah, over, absolutely. T- it over, could.
2: over two and a half for Bajan is eight to one. Over two and a half for Bryce Young is 11 to one.
0: The I guess my only concern, my question. Yeah, they're pass not going to pass. And if it's a windy game and a close they're game and pass. they're just running the ball. Yeah.
2: Yep. Right. Yep. I could see that. And, and, that and really, place. Bryce Young, is he going to back yeah. up a three pick game with another one? Right. Gosh. You can only
1: do that so long, <laughs> <laughs> that I, would And, be and so that's bad. why, like, rushing attempts, figuring out who the right guys are and then going yeah. over those rushing attempts. That's how I'm going to play this game. Those are the props that I like a lot here. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL survivor and some teaser legs we like. Right here on the BetQL Network. Up Jalen
0: Hyatt for the pick. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
1: Welcome back to BeckQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And again, our top story, the Cowboys are 16 and a half point favorites against Tommy DeVito and the Giants. And so let's look at this from a survivor perspective. Joe, do you want to go ahead and take the bingo free space that is the Dallas Cowboys, or is it better off going elsewhere?
2: Yeah, I plugged in the Cowboys in both pools I'm still in, and I didn't overthink it. There's a lot going on here. At this point in the season, week 10, it's about which teams do you have available? And we can start the conversation with the top point spreads. That's not the Cowboys. We don't need to, to dive into that anymore. A uh, majority of people in pools do have the Cowboys available. They do. Now there are pools like there's circle one where maybe you're saving them or if you've been saving both, would you rather go with Detroit or would you rather save Dallas? You're probably making that decision this week. So it's a, a sweat free Sunday for you. Not a sucker free Sunday, but a sweat free Sunday. Remember those sucker free Sundays on <laughs> TV? I know Aaron was yes. watching. I, I remember those. I do. the commercials <laughs> like on every five seconds. Um, Okay, here's the other thing that a lot of people I've talked to this week in Survivor that, that are contemplating, that the ones that don't have the Cowboys of these other point spreads in the six to seven and a half range, almost everybody has this team available and it's a large point spread. And the injury report was pretty concerning yesterday. Almost Ooh. everyone has the Bengals available. Almost everyone. They're in a six and a half wow. point favorite against Houston, the Houston injury report is also a problem. So you want some clarity on what's going on with these receivers. And what I'm talking about is, uh, jo- oh yeah, Jamar Chase did not practice yesterday and T Higgins was limited, but on the Houston side, Woods, not practicing Nico Collins, Tunsell Pierce, all not practicing on that offense for the Texans. So that's going to be an interesting number uh, come close. So a lot of people are jumping on Cincinnati. I would not. I would not. That's why I plugged in the Cowboys. It would not shock me the way Stroud's going right now. And it's a rough spot for Cincinnati, even though they're playing at home. You're coming off San Francisco and big Buffalo wins. Houston, you know what's next? At Baltimore, hosting mm. Pittsburgh. Two two big divisional matchups mm. for them. And they haven't won a divisional game yet. So those games are massive. To cover that touchdown, or where I could see this being a one-possession game. I'd be a little worried about using them in Survivor. Uh, The Seattle-Washington game, big number, probably doesn't even matter for this conversation because everybody's used Seattle. Everybody's used them. They are the most used team in the NFL in Survivor pools. Uh, So what else? Some people have Buffalo left against Denver. Broncos coming off a bye. Do you want to do it now? I probably don't. Uh, Baltimore against Cleveland, divisional matchup. Number inside of a touchdown, majority have used the Ravens, so that's the other one that people are considering. But if you have the Cowboys, just use the Cowboys. Do you guys are you guys with me that the Texans have a puncher's chance of winning this game?
1: I don't, I'm not there yeah. at all.
3: I think so. No, I don't what like if, what, if, what if I... Chase is
2: out? What if Chase is out or compromised?
1: Com- I still don't I, I, I really don't. I mean really? I think okay yeah, I, I, I think they're just enough playmakers. I mean I, I, when I looked at that Texans injury report, it was like a little bit everywhere. like it, yeah. if, I would be a way more concerned if say one position group were completely gone and you're having to get practice squad guys in there to, to cover you know just warm bodies in the secondary or something like that. I think the fact that it was a little smattering everywhere, uh, leads me to believe that yes, it is a big deal, but it could be a way worse deal. Uh, so in that respect, I go okay. You know, yeah, it, it's it's not something that I would read too much into, but but still, though, I I just think that you know it's not just the way that Joe Burrow has played or what his ceiling can be, but also too that he's someone who can use other receivers and still be a quasi-effective offense. I think with shorter a dot. Uh, you know, deeks and dunks and things like that. And the fact that Burrow has shown us a little bit more mobility. Yeah, the running game is a problem in, in terms of, you know, what Joe Mixon can and can't do. But overall, mm-hmm. I look at this and say, I think Joe Burrow is a good enough ad-libbing quarterback to be able to handle using secondary and tertiary receivers to win a matchup like this one.
3: This is a tough one because you know C.J. Stroud is playing out of his mind, but Joe Burrow yeah. and the Bengals, the arrows pointing upward as well. So this, you look at mm-hmm. all of the injuries to the Texans side. This is a tough one to figure out. I would play for Survivor.
2: Any concern about Buffalo hosting Denver, uh, Baltimore hosting Cleveland?
3: So the Baltimore Cleveland one does have for a division stay away. game. This one, yeah, even for my mm-hmm. contest picks, I was mm-hmm. torn on that one. I, I think I ultimately, I haven't fully decided. Might leave it out. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll be using yeah. the Bills as a teaser leg. So basically, yes. I'm saying yes mm-hmm. uh, for survivor where it's like season on the line yeah. and out. If you lose, I'm a little nervous about yeah. it. Broncos coming off a buy. I think I would go elsewhere. I would go Bengals yeah. before I went bills. Hey, if you have the company right? The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my model
1: uh, are, has already used the bills. So I haven't really entertained that possibility. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you are in a survivor pool where you do have to make a separate Thanksgiving pick apart from those Sunday and Monday games that week, then my model says the Cowboys are still okay. Like you're better off taking that route. And then as long as you still have the lions available, they get the Packers on Thanksgiving. That is a better opportunity because uh, Cowboys commanders That one is a tighter contest than Lions-Packers. So in terms of what the model is telling me, if you have both the Cowboys and the Lions available and you have to pick on Thanksgiving, take the Cowboys now, take your bingo card free space, and then make sure you have the Lions handy for Thanksgiving. Because that's the big thing to me, Joe, is Thanksgiving, it's now close enough to where you can kind of see the Thanksgiving turkey, you can see the stuffing, and you know that it's close enough to where you don't have to do anything unusual or you have to completely veer off the main road in order to have the picks you need for the next couple of weeks.
2: Yep, you have to you have to think about that if that's what your pool does. Let's say you're in a crazy spot. Let's Let's entertain this. These large point spreads are not available. Or maybe one is and you're really scared about using the Ravens finally against the Cleveland Browns. You want to use them in a different spot. Of the other ones, the shorter point spreads, Again, like that three range is shorter. There's a lot of games there, a lot. I know people mm-hmm. that are thinking about using the Bears tonight. And if if I had to go somewhere else, what I would consider, if you're not dealing with that Thanksgiving situation, is a lot. Is the lines are in a good spot against the Chargers, even though I'd rather use mm-hmm. them at home. You'd you want golf at home? Uh, if I had to go with one of those uh point spreads of three or shorter, I'd probably go with the Lions.
3: I like those. I saw um I think it was on the athletics, someone was suggesting the Colts. But to me, I mean the narrative wow. in New oh. England is like Belichick getting no whacked mid season. This guy is gonna be motivated no. in Germany. It no. might a home game for New England. I was like, Who wrote I would that? never if I made it
0: <laughs> no, she, she never write about a survivor pool Get him! Pool name
1: ever
2: get him. <laughs> no, that's awful. Belichick against yeah. Minshew, like Adam there's still Rex? a little bit of that Sorry. element. I hope we don't know him. But... What's his name?
0: <laughs> That'd be probably better. See <laughs> if, <laughs> if I know him.
2: If
1: I know his name, yeah. we delete his number. Let's let's bring him on. Let's get him. <laughs> what about uh,
2: Steelers? No.
1: Yeah, I was Smart. just about to say that, Paul. I was just about to say, I, I think the Steelers are very much live here. I I, I think yeah. that one makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, if, if Jordan Love and company are just sputtering offensively and there's very little uh, you know to go on as far as, okay, going up against a competent defense, they just can't do anything, then yeah, I trust Kenny Pickett to to keep the train on the tracks. Like, I think there's a big difference mm. between a quarterback where you have a low ceiling... But they're not going to screw it up versus, say, a quarterback who, okay, yeah, they're young. They don't have a whole lot of NFL experience, but we could see an absolute disaster. The floor for Kenny Pickett, I think, is a good bit higher than the floor for Jordan Love. So in that respect, I think the Steelers would be just fine.
2: I'm down for backing the Steelers and I only have to win in that scenario at home against Love. (laughs) By the way, the Steelers defense, take a look what they've been doing lately. Some people are like, oh, what's going Mm -hmm. on with the Steelers defense? Look at what they're doing now. And now you get a bad quarterback in Love. That idea, I don't mind. But if if you are alive for a run here, you're going to need options down the road. And here's a three-game stretch coming up for the Steelers. Arizona, New England, Indy. You might want Mm -hmm. them for one of those games.
3: True. So Cowboys, Lions, Steelers, are those, who else?
2: If you got the Cowboys, just use them. Just do
3: it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. D- don't think too much into it. I think that'll I think that be just fine.
0: Yeah. Back to the Bengals. I'm with Ed yeah. because I do think, like, like everyone loves CJ Stroud right now. I, even before the injury report. I got Alex, you. That, and it's, he's still yeah. got the worst bad ball rate in the league, but. <laughs> The bigger part, yeah. if Joe Burrow is cooking, that Texans pass defense, bottom ten drop back EPA for the season, bottom mm. five since week five. Like Burrow Chase, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a concern. But either way, I think Burrow's just gonna have a big game. Yeah. Fair. Passing to the tight ends,
1: all of that's fine. I I think Burrow knows how to get it to other targets. I think it'll be okay.
3: And the fact you have a quarterback who could hang potentially with Burrow just makes me think stay away and go elsewhere just in case. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. uh, a
2: high-ceiling quarterback on the other side scares me. Gotcha. Sure. Sure. Bet the over, though. Don't forget about that part. Yes. Yeah, that's fair.
1: BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM coming up next. Lane Kiffin says Ole Miss has nothing to lose versus Georgia. Well, Kelly Ford will weigh in on those upset chances and the rest of his college football insights for the coming weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
0: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.